Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. On this mini-episode, Bill Bartholomew and I get into the duality of needing to be self-sufficient as an artist, but also the importance of being part of a scene and showing support and showing up for others. We also talk about the thing that really motivates and inspires him. If you like the episode, please leave a rating or review wherever you're listening right now, as that truly helps a lot and uh, would be really appreciated. Thanks so much. Bill Bartholomew, as you know, a musician that's been at this for a long time, you know, you've played in multiple bands and kind of just had this, you know, varied career as well with the the different people that you've worked with. Uh, is there a piece of advice that uh, a bandmate or um, you know someone that you worked with on the production side or anything like that that they've shared with you that you would like to uh, to pass along? Yeah. Um... 2009 I'm on my way back from um, Brooklyn to, to Rhode Island for Christmas and I'm on the the New Haven train as I was a million times the Metro North and I just solidified my relationship with um, a new band of great players John John Phipps on on bass uh, Keith Robinson on drums and um, and Dave Clem on guitar and we were getting really excited everything was going in the right direction and I had called uh, or actually Dave Clem had called me and, and on this train ride and he was like, we've got everything in place. You know, the songs are there. Things are looking good, but I have a piece of advice for you that you need to remember. Nobody is going to save you. Okay. You are in full control of your career, mm-hmm. of the music you make and how, whatever success don't count on any agents, managers, other musicians, record producers, girlfriends, venue bookers, writers, whatever. It's all in your hands and you have Mm -hmm. to look at it through that lens. And I'd already had a DIY sort of vibe, but um, that really changed my my life to understanding how important the do-it-yourself approach to art really was. Yeah. I I guess what that comes to mind, like how much uh, have you done this on your own like how much have you taught yourself music and um you know even just with what you're doing now with podcasting i mean for me it's i went in my parents basement and banged on drums because i listened to a ton of nirvana and that stuff was accessible and i just watched youtube videos and it's like oh maybe i can do a podcast or whatever like how do you you know book tours or whatever else it was all i mean i'm fortunate that i've been able to do some records with some labels but even with that i was like i was still the dude sending the posters out to the venues and stuff you know so um how much of that was uh was true for you like had, have you taken a lot of music lessons have you uh how have you learned what you've learned to this point I took some drum lessons and like I played in the school band and all that. So I definitely had a foundation for thinking about music in a, in an unselfish way. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, that was, but I never was good at like, 
all right, let me give me a quadruple paradiddle. Go. <laughs> I, I never practiced that stuff. You know, I just, yeah. I just would do the same thing. I'd be turn on BRU and play self-taught in guitar, self-taught in vocals, broadcasting. Um, I have no training whatsoever formally, but you know, I've listened to for broadcasting, for example, I've listened to probably 10,000 hours to talk radio in my yeah. life. And sometimes we just sit there in my van in Brooklyn and listen to WFAM, the, uh, the sports station there. And oh, yeah, yeah. Broadcaster, Mike Francesa in particular. Mm-hmm. And okay, how's he getting through this segment? How did he go to the break? Oh, that's interesting. He does that every yeah, time. Like breaking there. that down. Yeah. Breaking it down. Same with music. Okay, Wilco, which was a huge influence for me. You know, mm-hmm. um, what's happening here? Um, and then, of course, the more than anything, just being a sponge, you know, yeah. being being in Brooklyn, seeing other bands book tours. Oh, okay, that's how you do it. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress. You mail the posters out. Okay, got it. No, no one's paying you. Okay, but how do you? Oh, okay, so you need to find somewhere to crash. Got it. <laughs> so you better trade a show with those people so that they ha- they have a place to crash in Brooklyn and build exactly. these bridges. Yeah. It, it and it really has been DIY for me mostly. I've had managers at the very beginning of my solo career. Both were dismissed as soon as the contracts ended by me. They, you know, one had a clause where I had to wear certain sneakers and my hair had to be a certain length. The other one crashed wow. his Mini Cooper into a venue one time. You know, I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> and that that guy still has BillBartholomew.com. For, he bought that, and then uh, so I won't ever have that probably because of that clown. But you know, wow. they, so it's it's DIY. You know, I dreamed for Silver Teeth. I think we would have been very solid for a Jag Jaguar type label. Mm-hmm. But even so, I know that we would have still been the hustlers. And and that's, I like that. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to give that up either. You know, I like putting put like this, this show on June 18th. I like delivering the poster to White Electric and being like, hi, may I please put a poster up yeah. on the bulletin board? Okay. You know, I like that process. It's probably not efficient. Um. But there's some, it's part of it. It's just like hitting the first note of the show. Yeah. You know? I'm with you. And I love that you bring that up because I still design and, and print posters for shows knowing that it's just, it's a different thing. You know, I was spent a lot of time on Thayer Street when uh, In Your Ear and, and Tom's and all these other places were there. And I was like, we just need to add our poster to the pillow of posters that are already on every pole here. And it's just what, needed to be done and go to coffee exchange. And so even though it might not be as, as that uh, have the same effect as like, well, I just need to boost my Facebook event or I need to, right. you know, send a, a couple of texts to people. It's just part of it. And it's part of, for me, it's part of that creative process. And it's part of like, even just kind of showing the venue, the respect that they deserve for booking my band that I'm going to just, put in a little bit of the footwork and I'm going to promote the show the best that I can. And, um, you know, yeah. and not just kind of showing up. So I love that you're doing it. You know, I was down at dusk for the steady state, uh, show that, that happened a couple weeks ago and, uh, yeah, saw your posters up on the window there, you know, and it just, it, it matters to people like me to see that, you know, yeah. And with I that, think- there wasn't a lot of other posters there. There was the ones oh. for, for Pete fests for the show I was going to with steady state and there were yours. So there's just, you know, it's, things are different, you know, I'm not saying that it's, you know, better or worse, but it's just something that, you know, there's people that are going to shows there right now that are now seeing your 
I guess it's green, green and red face, you know, that's right. Yeah. Mark, <laughs> staring at, yep. <laughs> you know, exactly. staring at them saying like, Hey, there's a show happening, you know? Um, so, yeah. And it's also, it's, it's a very, it's narrow casting as well. So it's broadcasting everybody. The show's happening. You might care about it. You, you may, it may matter to you, but more than anything, it's pitch. It's almost like a secret code. Mm-hmm. The people, who are they? Do they have to wear Doc Martens? Do they have to wear skinny jeans? Do they have to listen? Do they have to acknowledge that certain music's cool? And maybe, maybe not. Uh, but there's a s- secret society of people that you grew up, you went to Thayer Street, you saw the, oh, wow, the fabulous itchies. Who are they? What is this? <laughs> I better know. I better know who they are because I their poster's there. And yeah. stickering, postering communicate to that secret society and keep it alive. And it's a code for, and it's not, it's got gatekeeping. Everyone's welcome. It's there for you to see. Of course. Yeah. But it really matters to the people who really understand what that thing means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that kind of brings me into, you know, as a musician yourself and and what we've been talking about here, you know, with the incredible amount of experience and, you know, hundreds of hours of, of work that you put in across broadcasting and, uh, you know, designing or having things designed and and putting in all that footwork. Uh, what have you learned from that experience that you would like to, uh, you know, impart to some other people and, and and share with them? Hard work pays off. Mm -hmm. You, you put in the work, you see a return, you hope for the best. Usually you don't see a return. You want to have, name recognition or credibility in a certain circle, uh, be there, be at the, be at the shows, go to the, the shows of your contemporaries. Mm-hmm. I've also learned to not live in a bubble in Brooklyn. I lived in a very significant bubble of the bands I was around and the people I was around. And I missed some opportunities. There were bands that came out of my bubble that became extremely successful, you know, world famous bands that, that many people would know or artists that many people would know Yeah, uh, in my little world. Same thing, same time, there was also next door, we occasionally overlap, but bands like Beach Fossils and Dive and Heavenly Beat and uh, this whole other side of Sky Ferreira and, and this whole other side of music uh, was happening at the same time, either because of intimidation or overconfidence or just idiocy. I never really engaged with anyone else. So I think it's important to constantly expand your bubble, but at the same time, know your bubble and build within it. It's like this kind of sidestepping tap dancing way of, of, of being authentic mm-hmm. and, but just constantly curious that, you know, be okay with being both in an environment where you've got people who know what you're doing, they understand you and you can use them as a very organic mirror. But then also where you're standing in the corner, you don't know anybody and you feel like a loser for the first couple. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's important to just always keep broadening your view, even just to see what else is out there or just, uh, I don't know. I mean, it it does, it goes a a long way of just, uh, showing support and, and showing respect and, um, you know, like I've seen Brian Chippendale show up at shows from from Lightning Bolt. You know, like I mean, he's uh, 
rated as literally one of the best drummers in the world and he's still just ex- wanting to explore and and uh it's just inspirational what he does and just you know in that one instance but it just it, it matters uh and um and, yeah, and I've, I even recently just interviewed Sage Francis for a P- PBS piece, and he talked about the opposite effect of how when he was trying to figure out what to do with hip hop in, in Rhode Island in the early 2000s, like, how do you make this happen? Yeah, he started to hear about Lightning Bolt. And he was like, I think he was like, I, I, the first time I went to those shows, it's like, this is just a bunch of people on acid, like, hanging out. <laughs> and then he, he realized, oh, they have a, the DIY movement. Oh, wow, wow this, this <laughs> is interesting. This oh, I, I can just burn CDs and send them out and upload my stuff to Napster and great, let's just, let's do it today. Like we don't need to wait for anybody. So yeah. th- there's so, the, the, and Providence is, is one of the biggest hotspots for this, especially mm-hmm. that period, Andrew WK, you know, so many bands. I mean, we could go on and on about it, but like the DIY approach to stuff, Fort Thunder, Science Seal delivered, do it yourself, make it happen, no excuses. Yeah. And you have no one to blame but yourself too, you know, if, if you, uh, and that can be a lot of, a lot to burden, especially today where everyone does try to be is like mental health is so important. And I am the first to admit that, you know, I, I work with the, with a therapist. I, I do what I can do. I play golf now all the time to try to like chill out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, there's also nothing wrong with having the expectation that you're going to do whatever it takes to conquer the world. And that's like what a Brian Chippendale has, I think. Yeah, at least it seems like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I guess with just, uh, you know, I, I identify with you as well. And it seems that it's even a little bit more heightened now because there's so many um, statistics that are there that are uh, available to everyone else to know as well. You know, like nobody from show to show knew that I only sold like two CDs the night before right. or whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm happy that I sold those two CDs because I needed it to get to the next place, but no one kind of knew that they were just like, Oh, well, James is on tour or whatever. And I've also quote unquote played shows in Louisville where no one showed up. So yeah. they, we just didn't even play, you know? Oh yeah. Those- <laughs> I, I, that, that happened too. Yeah. It's so, like, all right guys, just, just go home. Here's yeah. the, here's the drink. Yeah, exactly. Um, that didn't, you know, no one knew about that until we're talking about it right now, basically, or yeah. the other people, but yep. things are so much on metrics and, and, you know, people are discovering bands by how many monthly listeners you have and how many likes you got on a post. And it's just, it, it's really just heightened a lot of that stuff where, um, I need to keep myself in check. And, and, you know, I think a lot of it is just being rooted in the, the real reason why I'm doing this. Um, the real reason I'm playing music is for that community of, of playing, uh, with people that I, uh, love and respect and um but it's just i I feel for people that are kind of coming up you know behind me that that that's the world that they're living in and and they're just trying to get you know more plays and that's how that's how you get signed now you know i I got signed because we worked hard and we toured you know yeah you get signed because you have you know enough monthly listeners and you're kind of getting enough buzz you know and um so which is it's great you know because they're not going through the world that that you and i had to go through but it's just can be a, a, a for a challenge for someone like me that does have some mental health issues and has to you know uh keep that stuff in check because it's just there's no way around it you know so yeah and i worry about people not sleeping on the floor of someone's house in buffalo or playing getting to louisville and having no one show up and mm-hmm. also getting to charleston south carolina and having this amazing opening slot for some like 
band of like college bros that are about to graduate and all their friends are there, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and they fall in love with you guys because you're from the Northeast on tour. Holy, oh my God. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, I, I fear for people not having that because that shapes you as a, as a person and as an artist. It also brings bands back to that band conversation. It brings bands closer together. Yeah. The, the moments of the, the ups and downs and managing them and setting realistic expectations. You're right though. Pre-social media, you know, it was a lot easier to be like, here's my tour poster. We're going out We're you know, I'm my first big tour was from Boston to Austin and our, our first show was in Boston. And then, we had a day off, but then we had to be in Austin two days later, like a ridiculous drive <laughs> and we're just driving straight, straight, straight. Everyone's taking naps and rotating. Yeah. And the, that moment alone um, is so important to me. But would that even happen today? Because you, you could just go and boost an Instagram post instead. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. how much money did it cost to go to, from Boston to Austin with a trailer, a bunch of guys in an yeah. old van? Yeah. Well, if you just boosted that on Instagram yeah. or, so, or Spotify ads yeah. and now all of a sudden, you know, geez. Yeah. Targeted to that zip code and you know, the certain yes. neighborhood of Austin, Texas that you're trying to get to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's good and bad. Um, but, yeah. uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just something to, to kind of, you know, keep in check. I'm glad that you're doing it. Um, if you ever want to go golfing, let's go golfing. You know? Oh, I'd so. love to. I'm obsessed <laughs> with golfing now. You know, I, yeah. I played it like as a kid, I had my part of that whole, like growing up in the, the woods with nothing to do. I had a, a nine hole wiffle golf course that I would play against myself uh, in tournament format. I had a leaderboard. I'd wear oh, wow. knickers and, and go out in the woods. I mean, and just like hit play, play, play this nine hole golf course. When my parents sold that house a few years ago, I still haven't gotten over it. I love the house and I miss like having my family in Rhode Island. That's true. More than anything, losing that golf course. <laughs> I, I, I will buy that place back someday. Only yeah. for the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, that's cool. And yeah, uh, you know, last question for this segment. You know, yeah. uh, I just, you know, I feel like we've kind of touched upon some of these things. But like, what would you say inspires you as as an artist, as a creator? You know, and it can be, you know, with your music, uh, with what you're doing in media and, and broadcasting, or you know, it can just be like just generally in life, you know, like the, uh, like what, what you're feeling with regards to your, your place and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, what inspires you? Great performers. Great. I mean, a, a, a radio show, uh, a, a, a band, um, a wrestler, professional mm -hmm. wrestler can bring me to tears, mm -hmm. uh, thinking about or talking about a great now I'm really into wrestling all of a sudden again. It's been, I missed like 20 cool. years of wrestling and then I picked it back up like last few months even. Yeah. And just like, this is nuts, you know, <laughs> to live this character and be paid. So most cases, so little you're riding mm -hmm. from town to town in a van to entertain people and perform for people and what they mm -hmm. put their bodies through. And they're the, so a great performer of any, mm -hmm. of any type that can be a politician. You know, I've seen speeches by, people here in Rhode Island that are so impassioned and it's a, it's a performance, you know, uh, talk radio hosts. Um, I love talk radio. It's like my favorite thing, you know, in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. And it's, it's stream of consciousness performing theater of the mind. And I think there's just such a tremendous overlap between all of that and music, especially songwriting, but yeah, great performers of any stripe. Um, that's what gets me. That's what, that's, that's what gets me going no matter what. Yeah. Is there a certain musician 
just out of my own curiosity, a certain musician that is, that has kind of caught you off guard um, that, you know, you weren't familiar with at a, at a show and you just saw them, you're like, holy shit, who is this? And, you know, like uh, just blew you away in that. Yeah. Oddly enough, you know, it's oftentimes bands that, that exist outside of my genre mm-hmm. preferences or stylistic preferences I went. I once saw Zox at Lupo. Zox, the Great Rhode Island. I don't know what they were like. College rock, indie, something band. They're yeah, cool, cool thing. You know, big moment here, but high energy. Yeah. And and I went to see them at Lupo's, and they had this band open up for them called Virginia Coalition. And at the time, it was two guys. One played a telly. One played a strat. Drummer, keyboards, bass every position had an additional percussion setup on the, on the rig. Oh, wow. Whether it's temple blocks, bongos, congas, djembes, I think even electronic drums to some extent. Drummer had a keyboard as well. He could play with his left hand. No idea who these guys were. They were the opening act. I bet they did a show swap there from DC with Zox. You know, you guys yeah. open up for us, blah, 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 the whole thing. And I have never been... I don't think I've ever run to a merch table as fast as I ran to buy that record. That show yeah. changed my life. That show wow. changed, literally changed the way I saw the world. And the music has a, a little bit of like a college flair to it. It's like a little bit, little the song ring, but there is also some beautiful songwriting and just the energy mm-hmm. of taking a room of strangers of 500 or a thousand strangers, whatever it was, and getting that kind of buy-in and yeah. the, the transitions, the break, the percussion breakdowns, and and just the pure energy blew my mind, changed my life, and and that always jumps out to me when I think about when I was caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Maybe wasn't even going to go until <laughs> Zox played, you know, or something like that. I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I felt like, oh, I have to go see Zox, or else I don't have like my credibility for the <laughs> like, you know. scene. Scene points, you know. So yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Scene points, all right. Yeah. But um, and and this is a band that you know, if if I heard them today, and if I, if you heard them only on record, you you probably be like, that's good songwriting, but it's nothing special. But, but seeing the- them live at their peak on tour, mm-hmm. starting to happen for them, and um, yeah, I'll never forget that energy. I've never felt that before or since. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Bill. I appreciate you sharing all of this, uh, information. Uh, and, uh, yeah, even just that story, that was really cool, man. I, I, I love all that stuff and yeah, I just really appreciate it, Bill. Thank you. Oh, total pleasure. As you heard in the full episode, Bill's musical journey has taken him from Southern Rhode Island to Brooklyn and then back to the ocean state where he called Newport home for a little while. So I wanted to share a song with you that he did with Silver Teeth back in 2016, uh, just as they were moving back. That was part of the New Porch live sessions that Newport Art House put together. The song is Camden, and I hope you enjoy.
Thanks a lot, Newport. We love you. Thanks for letting us move up here and escaping the big city. Thanks for letting us move up here. Not shutting us down. Hell yeah. Super glad we did.